everyone. Welcome to the newest episode of Spooky Mountain. You have Steph. Hi, hi. Hello, hello. And you have a very... <laughs> and Jordy. Si- yeah, and me, Jordy. A very sickly Jordy. I have to apologize right now <laughs> up front that I am suffering from tonsillitis. So I'm going to be hopefully very yeah. quietly slurping all the liquids yeah. <laughs> during yeah. this episode so that's all right if i'm a little bit hard to hear i apologize oh that's all right yeah you're very like sensitive and and fragile yes, right now i can I hear know. it in your voice oh, like it's, it's so... so hard oh, oh my god i'm like on the back end of it now mm. i've had it for so long i so i used to get like chronic tonsillitis all the time mm. haven't had it for a while and yeah i got it again what like a week ago and it's just sticking around and it is fucking me up that's a really long time it's so long and you know what something really weird happened Mm. so i am almost 32 years old Mm. and i just a couple of days ago had a wisdom tooth pop through as well hitting me no so i have tonsillitis and i have this wisdom tooth which is just my mouth oh, is a cesspit of pain yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah. So. Oh, shit. I okay. apologize for sounding like a gross, disgusting thing at the moment. <laughs> oh, forgiven. That's all right. Thank all right. you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing this week for your episode? Like, you don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know. Do I'm doing a really cool mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like a disappearance mystery. Oh, um, okay. It's based in Canada. Yep. And it's very strange. Oh, and it's awesome. Very interesting as well. Yeah, this is a, one of my favorite ones that I've done so far. It's not like super intense, uh, hmm. you know, what have you, but yeah, it's a really like weird little story. So I'm very excited to tell oh, you about okay. it. What yeah. are you doing? Um, I'm doing a ghosty one. Oh, uh, are you really? Yeah, yeah. <gasps> yeah. Oh, yay. I'm doing it's not a... often that Steph does a ghosty one. I know, I know. This one is actually very close to my heart okay. because it's uh, somewhere I've been before. It's Oh, in shit. A, it, it's in, uh, yeah, yeah, it's like a, it's in one of the most haunted cities in the world. Oh, my and God. It's, it's so exciting. I love it. That's, oh, yeah, there's a lot of history yay. and a lot of real spooky shit. I love yeah, it. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, we've got two very different stories because mm. with mine, we're not actually sure if it's paranormal or not, even though it's yeah, very right. strange. It's kind of there's a lot of different ends of where people have kind of been like, oh, it could be this or this yeah. or this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like just like all ones. the details of it are very like yeah, yeah. you know strangeness type type Great. thing. Yeah. So um, yeah, I'm glad. So how about we just get our housekeeping over yes. and done with Let's so do that we can get into our stories. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess first up, we have mm-hmm. two new patrons. Yes. Which is super exciting. We have Ruby and Nettie mm-hmm. and I will just say that Nettie is my mother. Thanks, Jordy's mom. <laughs> yeah, so that's very kind of her, but also Ruby, thank, thank you, you for Ruby. joining our Patreon. Oh, guys, join the Discord. I've sent you guys the information with all your your goodie information. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, thanks heaps. It's awesome. Yeah, it's always so exciting to get the email that we have, like, a new yeah. Patreon. And we got two in one day. Yeah. Like, a couple of hours with each other. But, yeah, like, our patreon is like going off at the moment it it is 
really know. going off. What the actual fuck is going on? I know. <laughs> and our Discord is just a whole lot of talking shit and yeah. crazy photos and stories and, and oh, it's up a very, memes and stuff. Yeah, yes. it's a very lovely place to be. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah if you want to join our Patreon, you will instantly mm-hmm. become part of our discord so yeah yeah and um yeah and and just another reminder as well like it's a really good thing for us if you leave us some reviews or ratings so if you've got um you know a special episode that you like and you want to you know comment on it you can always do that on any platform that you use or just even leave a rating because it it definitely helps other people find us and a rating uh, helps as well. But a yeah. review is like doubly as yeah. as good. Yes, as having just the a rating. words there for someone to look at and then yeah. be like, yeah, I'm going to click on this podcast yeah. and, and give it a listen. Um, yep. Yeah, we'll have you to thank. So. Mm. Yes, and also another thing that we have as an option to interact with us um, is our speak pipe function that you can yeah. find on our spookymountain.com website. So it's spookymountainpodcast.com. Yep. It's down in the contact section. All you have to do is click a button and it bloody takes you to where you need to be yep. and you leave a voice message. And we got our very first speak pipe message the other day mm-hmm. and we're gonna play it for you yeah so let's uh give it a listen hello hello i need some help i'm stuck inside the cupboard please can you help me get out i can't open the door please help me open the cupboard oh but not ever go down here again. So now this has actually been sent in by Anonymous. Yes. And yes. I don't know. Do we need to be concerned know. for this person, Jordan? I, d- I don't know. I'm I not d- sure. When I first got it, well, because I was the one that kind of found that we got mm. our first speak pipe <clears throat> yes. message, I was like, uh, yeah, you, you scared me when you got that. You said, oh, yes. my God, we got a speak by message. And yes. then you're like, oh. It's very strange <laughs> but hilarious. And we hope that you're okay. We hope that you're safe and that you got out of the cupboard. But, like, yeah. you know, you've got a phone as well. To leave yes. a voice, voice message. I reckon you can get out. but You could probably call, like, the police or something. Yeah. As opposed to leaving us a speak part message. But uh, thank you. Thank you for leaving us our very first message. Mm. And Update us, you know. Yeah. Let us know you're okay. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we would, if you, we would love for people to use SpeakPipe as a way um, for listeners to share their own creepy stories. Yep. It's just uh, 60 seconds long, right, like a minute yep. long. So doesn't have yeah. to go on forever. Yeah, you just, like, leave your own little message, experience, just say hello, whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. So go yeah. do that. Anything. You just want to tell us something funny that happened to you in the day, make us laugh, make us be really scared, make us uh, concerned for you and want you to get out of the cupboard. Yeah. You know? Tell us the funniest joke that you've ever heard yeah. in your life. <laughs> yeah. We want to hear it. We want to so, hear uh, it. So thanks, Anonymous, for that one. Thank you. So that's our um, housekeeping done. Mm. Now, there is something that I wanted to ask you if you, you have heard about this thing that happened oh, just a few days ago now. Hmm. Um, so it was on, yeah, it was about four days ago uh, in the Blue Mountains, specifically um, in the kind of like mid-mountains. Right. There was something seen in the sky that lit up the what? whole sky and the people that saw it 
they said that it wasn't a meteor or no way. like anything like that, but it kind of like came into the atmosphere and it just lit up the whole sky, but not really? in the same way that like a, a meteor does. And yeah, oh, apparently it's no very, idea. very strange. Some people are speculating that it was part of the SpaceX thing oh, that yeah. maybe it was like a faulty spacex satellite or whatever like a space junk or but something. A space but- junk but it was but they said it was so strange i didn't see it i wish oh. i had but yeah that's very cool. weird yeah so that would have been a really clear day as well because a few days ago there's like there after all the flooding and all the rain stopped it would have been quite clear that night so. yeah it was night time so but even if I don't know, even if it wasn't clear, the fact that it lit up the whole sky, mm-hmm. I feel like you probably would have been able to see it, even yeah. if it was, you know, not a clear night. That's so odd. I don't, I don't know. There's some weird shit but going is on. Is that on like too. a, do you have like a UFA, uh, a UF, UFA, a UFA, a UFO page, or is it just like a community page? Yeah, no, no, no. It was um a UFO page. Oh. I'm not sure. Actually, I can't remember. Mm. I am part of a UFO page and I'm part of a community page. Mm. Um, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm with both, but yeah, I, didn't, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't really been on Facebook. I think it was a community time. page because I remember seeing people commenting on the post because a couple of people posted it and I saw oh. people commenting saying, oh, yeah, we saw it out in like Currajong as well. Wow, and we really? saw it out in like Windsor and yeah. Wow. So it was seen so that's, from like. That's huge. That's, yeah, a, that's really a large big area. area being covered so mm, i would love to hear more about you know like yeah. further updates as to what it could be like i've seen really i've seen like comets and stuff um like meteors coming mm. into the atmosphere and it is very very strange um but it that's not what this sounds like okay yeah all. i haven't seen anything i've seen like <laughs> seen a shooting star before like twice like i really haven't seen much but um from the sounds of that, even the, you're saying like it's in the mid mountains and people from like Windsor and Karajong saying it. Yes. So to give it perspective, I mean that's like that's thirty kilometers away, uh, forty at least. 50? At yeah. least, it's, it's a large, large area, and it is kind of going yeah. down the mountain and through different yeah. types of landscape as well. I'm not sure if that makes a difference, but mm. it is. Quite That's a interesting. Large area. Well, we've got a lot of listeners in the mountains, so if you guys know any more information about that, Tell definitely us. hit us up because that's really cool. I love I local know. stories like that. Yeah. Did I ever tell you? I don't want to talk too much before our stories, but mm. so I saw Bill Chalker um, a, a few months back now mm. at like a live chat. And for those listening, if you don't know Bill Chalker, he's like UFO expert. And mm. he was saying that I think it was like back in the 90s, he was investigating a UFO sighting in that was re- reported in Falkenbridge, which oh, is only, shit. what, not even 10 minutes down the road from me. Yeah. And a lady said that she was, it was nighttime, she was standing on her street and this UFO was as low as, like, um, lamppost <gasps> height. Just no way. in the middle of the street. So there's definitely some high strangeness uh, oh my going God. on in the mountains. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a hot spot for fucking everything. Yeah, it's a weird like place. 
everything. Yowies, like yowies, yowies. are crazy yeah. up there. Yeah, UFOs, UFOs heaps of you, like black triangles. Yeah. Yep, black ghosts triangles, lots of weird well. lights and stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's very ghosty it, as well. It makes me, f- like, it's it's a hard thing to explain, but it kind of almost makes sense with it being in the mountains because the mountains is such an old place. Mm. Like, I've mentioned this in, a couple, like, a story a while back, but, mm. um, yeah, like, the Blue Mountains is such an old place geographically and... Yeah, it's got a lot it's just of a very old, old place. history and old, a lot of old, old history. Um, yeah, yeah, and dark history as well, and mm-hmm. almost like ancient history, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, so that's a very interesting thing that happened just the other day. So cool, very Fuck cool. Yeah. But Aww. um, should we? Get into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Let's cool. do it. Let's do Let's... it. I'm. Oh, I'm so excited to hear about your ghosts. Yeah, it's it. They're, they're funny and scary ghosts. Oh, cool. Okay, the best kind of ghosts. Well, I don't know. I think everything's got a touch of funny. Funny to it, it, yeah. I need some of... funny right now because my life has been nothing but pain for the past week. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I thought I would dive into a very spooky location mm-hmm. that I've been to myself, as I said before. Mm. So we are going to Edinburgh in Scotland. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's a beautiful city. Mm. Um, Have you been there before? No, I haven't. I haven't been to England before, so but I would love to go. It's amazing. Um, So, yes. Oh, wait, hang on. Uh, Scotland, sorry. Scotland, Scotland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, you're making people angry there. (laughs) That's embarrassing. (laughs) My mum's like. (laughs) So, So, yeah, like Edinburgh, Scotland is so so beautiful it's got some really crazy dark history lots of creepy locations very old like medieval type buildings Mm -hmm. Um, now yeah i could talk about edinburgh in general forever Mm -hmm. but i'm focusing tonight purely on the edinburgh vaults oh i have not heard uh, i have heard the title (laughs) oh okay uh, but i don't know anything about this hey yeah so i highly recommend traveling to scotland um the people there i found were so friendly Mm. the architecture was insane for me as well it was just like just taking a step back in time um i went there in 2010 Mm. after i finished school for a bit of fun and also i'm half scottish so my mum's Scottish, so I just wanted to kind of go nice. there and yeah. experience it. Get in touch with your roots. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up going to Glasgow, Inverness, Port Augustus, and, of mm. course, Edinburgh, which I was most excited about. Everywhere you look in this city is history, and they really know how to capture this in the right way for tourists. Uh, all the original buildings are still there, and... They're really well taken care of. So it just feels like you're walking around in the 17th century. Wow. Like there's cobble streets, there's old yeah. lanterns. That's incredible. Um, yeah, it's something you rarely get to experience anywhere else in the world. Um, and then also the Edinburgh Castle is up on this huge hill that is just overlooking the entire city. So mm. everywhere you go, you can just see the castle. It's it's insane. Oof. Yeah. So one of the nights there, after I had a pub feed for dinner, it was now dark and I wanted to do a ghost tour, of course. So as you get to the Royal Mile, 
which is the main pedestrian street that comes down from the castle, tour guides would step out onto the streets. I ended up finding this one tour where they would take you underneath the city into the abandoned vaults. Wow. So, of course, I was like, yeah, I'm going to fucking do this Fuck one. yeah. Because mm. <laughs> I didn't even know about the vaults at this point. I was like, I can go under the city? Yes. Mm, it already sounds scary. Absolutely, yeah. And pretty much it stuck with me since. Yeah, I, right. I think about it all the time. Wow. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So Edinburgh has been the capital of Scotland since the 15th century and was a city confined by its own medieval defensive walls. This meant that all of the buildings were built up. The wealthy lived at the top and Mm. everyone else lived in the damp darkness at the bottom next to the sewage-covered streets. Oh, no way. Okay. Yeah. It is situated on many hills and ridges, which adds to the uniqueness of the town, and is split into the new and old town. Mm Mm-hmm. So the old town, which is the oldest part of Edinburgh, remains intact. And then there is the new town, which was built in the 1700s, which is with a more modern layout. But essentially it looks the same. It's still old, yeah. It's still super old. They're like, that's the new town. Yeah, this is the new part of town. It's kind of like more the the lines are like neater with the roads. Right, okay, yeah. Now, the new and old town, they were both recognised as well, as a World Heritage Site due to its medieval street layouts and unique character. As the city is built upon lots of deep valleys and hills, many parts of the city became covered up due to expansion and limited space. The arches underneath the South Bridge being one of them. The South Bridge is an elevated road that towers above lots of the low-lying parts of the town and it connects the new and the old town together. So it's this big bridge that's raised up and that's like the only kind of main road to get to the new and old town. So during this time in Edinburgh, as the population of the city surged, these unused spaces wouldn't last long. Not too long after the darker side of town moved in and the crime was through the roof. Illegal gambling and unlicensed distilleries would operate here along with brothels and the homeless. It was really dangerous mm. down in the vaults. Yeah, it sounds like dark and damp and like yeah. <laughs> just, just grimy and, like, and yeah. really stinky. <laughs> yeah. yeah, super gross. Um. Yeah, so just to make it even more creepy down there, there is also the rumour of body snatchers Mm. who would operate down there. Mm -hmm. So body snatchers would steal dead bodies they found or murdered in the vaults only to take them to the medical practices the following day to get money. Mm, I've heard of yeah. this. Yeah, so Burke and Hare, they're a very common duo who are known to do this in Scotland. There's a lot of movies about them and stuff. Um, but yeah, they would sell them to doctors or surgeons to work on for medical practices. Practices, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people would speculate that Burke and Hare actually murdered the less fortunate to make money from them. Right. It's not all 100% if they actually, like, Burke and Hare officially used the, the Edinburgh Vols, but they did live in Scotland, so it does make sense because I course. don't know where else that would really happen. It's like one of the most major places, and they exactly. were like the most, you know, 
Yeah, I think prominent. I think they were down there. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Um, now, unfortunately, the list doesn't end there, as families also lived in these vaults. Ugh. Single mothers who had no place to go God. moved underground to take shelter. This was the worst possible place you could be during this time as there were flea-infested oh. rats everywhere you looked. And also, the bubonic plague was in its prime. Oh, my God. It's like a breeding ground for the it's plague. It's disgusting. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Yeah. The, the infection would be transmitted from fleas on rodents to humans. Oh, so, in other words, there was no escaping it down there. No. If you got sick down there... That was pretty much it. You couldn't afford to see a doctor and you couldn't get better as you needed fresh air and a sanitary environment. Because you're already down there because you're pretty hard done by. Yeah. So you can't afford a doctor, you know. I, I'm just imagining this, like, the most grimiest, yes. sickly place. Literally just a sewer. It's a like, sewer with Just go to a sewer and then that's, like, literally <laughs> what, is what it, it is. But it's, like, a like a nice old stone. It's a nice <laughs> It's, like, sewer. nice old stones. <laughs> that's the only thing that's nice about it. <laughs> the stones. Oh. So if you were infected by the bubonic plague, this is kind of gross, you would get giant pus-filled boils <laughs> in your oh, gland God. areas. So we're talking your armpits, armpits groin. your groins, your stomach would make you feel so sick all the time. <sighs> you would just be vomiting yeah, nonstop. Yuck. And in the 17th century, Edinburgh was an extremely unhygienic place. Mm. Sewage would literally be flowing down the streets. Oh my God. There was no sewage system. <laughs> Times were crazy back then, yeah, man. I know. <laughs> I know. Every household had a bucket they would all use, and it would be filled with piss and shit. Yep. And then they would just lean out their window and yell, Guardy Lou! And they'd throw <laughs> the shit and piss onto the street below. <laughs> they'd actually say that, Guardy Lou! Imagine this. <laughs> As like a warning to everyone below the street. Be careful. Imagine the smell of the streets. Oh, well, you can actually still see the stains of wow. the shit coming from the windows. Just down onto the, onto on, the street. On, yeah, in Mary King's Close, all the windows along, because it's super, stained. super high up when you look up, all these old tenement apartments and there's just little windows and there's just, like, brown stains Crazy. dripping down. Like, seriously, it's disgusting. That's yeah. fucking gross. So it probably does smell, yeah. Yeah. If you give it a good whiff. Now, there is a little bit of hope. If you were down there, due to Dr. George Ray, who was the official plague doctor during that period. Now, if you don't know what they wore during this time, mm. I'll try and describe it to you. We love a good plague doctor. Oh, yes, we love the plague doctors. <laughs> they were covered in very thick material and a leather coat to stop the fleas and rats from biting them. Then they would have an enormous demonic, uh, demonic looking bird mask. Yes. Uh, it had like a massive long beak on it. Yeah, it's and like cone shaped almost. Yeah, it's like cone shaped. It's very strange. But they would actually stuff the beak. I'm calling it a beak. They would stuff it with like herbs and flowers that would try to mask the smell of oh, death. Oh my much. god! Mm -hmm. it's like the perfect horror character it is a really, plague doctor. Really is the plague mm. doctor is one of the scariest looking yeah. things ever. So Dr. George Ray, he actually risked his life 
and he was the only one who went down there to help these people. Um, he was rewarded for that, but a lot of people didn't make it either. Yeah, oh, what a um, good bloke just yeah. doing it for the sake yeah, of just the people. Being a good man. Just being yeah. a good guy. So the condition of these vaults was so incredibly diseased, crowded, dark, damp, and it didn't help that every space was completely filled to the brim with people. Mm. In the mid to late 1800s, the vaults were closed down to uh, discourage. Oh, the vaults were closed down due to discouraging ongoing crime. They were filled up with rubble and blocked up so no one else can access them anymore. Until someone in the 1980s accidentally discovered a vault through his own bar that he owned. Oh. Yeah, he owned a bar and he was. Digging, he was renovating and he dug down the ground and discovered an entire labyrinth. Oh, my God. He was like, oh, my fucking God. Imagine finding that. Yes. <laughs> so 1980s is when they kind of rediscovered this and they actually only opened up to the public in 2003. Mm. So I was in there in 2010. Right. And I think the particular vault I went into, I was like one of the first people to be let in there as well because there's so many vaults. Right. Um, yeah, it was it was really cool to know that not many people had been down there yes. for like hundreds of years. It was almost really cool. un, Almost untouched, like not quiet, yeah. but yeah, because a lot of, I guess, paranormal, like spooky locations has yeah. like high tourist traffic, you know. Yes. So to know that... Yeah, it hasn't been that visited. Yeah, at that point cool. I was like, this is very fucking cool. But yes. now it would just be insane. But yeah. they, they let you go down in groups of like 20. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so there's like one tour guide and they you're only allowed in there through the city council. So the right. tour guide has a special key mm-hmm. and then you go in and no one else is allowed in there. So it's like one tour at a time kind of thing. It's fucking terrifying because it's pitch black. You're completely yes. underground. Oh, my God. Um, yes, it's really scary. So hearing all of that, you can imagine the amount of sadness you would feel, I guess, stepping into these vaults. Mm. It's really, really weird. Well, I can assure you, um, that believer in the paranormal or not, you can help, you can't help but feel something when you're in there. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, um, yeah, so as I was saying, it is completely dark. Mm. And the tour guide literally just has one candle. That's the only light. right, so it's not even like a torch. No, nothing Mm -hmm. at all. Nothing is in there. They didn't put any, like, furniture or anything like that. Nothing. As is. Oh, creepy. Just got the one candle. And it's weird because as soon as you start to descend down these very, very narrow stone steps, Mm. it's very steep. The air is so cold straight mm. away because um, there's no ventilation. So it's no. it's like a all underground well. fridge. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's super, super weird. And it does have this very gross, like, kind of stink to Smell, it. Smell, yeah. Yes. No yeah. ventilation, no airflow. Not at mm. all. So when you walk through the very narrow passageways and stop into certain bolts, uh, vaults where the guide will tell you of certain stories and characters that lived here, during this time, you're constantly looking over your shoulder. Yes. You're just completely paranoid. Like, I was super paranoid. And I remember I had a digital camera then. And I was just going. Oh, yeah. I bet. Like, 
taking so many fucking photos like i will catch something, something. i was like yeah the walls the corner the everything hallway. and you could tell everyone was doing the same otherwise if you weren't you were completely frozen in fear and you were not doing anything oh my god it was one or the other this one girl had a panic attack mm. when i was in there and the guide left us there <gasps> without the candle to walk her back out onto the main street. You were in the and dark she was gone for 15 it. minutes. Oh my. I was God. fucking shitting myself. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to actually die. It was like a sensory, like. Oh, I know tank. that feeling. You, yeah, because you can't not, see anything. You can only see when someone's camera flash goes. And that was terrifying because you're like, oh, this is where I'm going to see a demon. Exactly. Something's like, going to flash in front <laughs> yeah. of you. Just really quickly, it reminds me of when, like, when I was talking about the Janolan Caves in yeah. the story, like, a few weeks back same thing they turn off all the lights and it is such mm. a strange thing you feel like yeah. you were just it's just such a sensory yeah you're not familiar with the surroundings the no. smells the yeah. feel, everything's different it's so daunting it's, it's almost suffocating and being around so many people i didn't know as well yes. it's so strange it, yeah of course that part was horrible yeah um anyway i didn't get anything spooky mm-hmm. i never got a spooky photo sadly i think i was like oh i was really trying to push one photo like oh is that a small is it? child yeah no I don't it's just it a dust or <laughs> yeah. something but um yeah a lot of people have seen stuff down there a lot of apparitions um there's actually been a fair few so one of the main ghosts down there his name, well, they name him Mr. Boots. Oh, that's fucking scary. Yes, his name is Mr. Boots, or he's also known as the Watcher. I don't know what's worse. Um, he is tall and shabby and sticks to the back of the vaults. Now, he allegedly murdered a woman and kept her body inside his house, and anyone that gets too close to this location mm. apparently gets attacked by him because he just hates all visitors as well. He's just super nasty. Mr. Boots, not a nice yeah. guy. Yeah, and lots of people say that on in the tours they can actually hear him because of his big heavy boots and they can hear him walking towards them. Um, and he has uh, supposedly been captured in a photo from 2015. Right. Yes, which is... Um, Pretty cool. I, I might share that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would love to see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the tour guides actually spoke to a woman who had an experience with him. Quote, she told us of the presence of a, a malevolent male ghost who was very strong. He told her to get out of the vaults. She had to she had tried to reason with him, but he made a lunge at her oh. and she saw him very clearly. He said, get out repeatedly. Oh my it was fucking very, god. He was get very out territorial. Get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Do what the man says. <laughs> so ghost like lunges at you. That's it. Like I just black out. Oh, yeah. Like. Oh, imagine blacking out and just <laughs> Like I, blacking out in that darkness and then just waking up in that place. Oh, my God. It's actually fucked up. <laughs> so we then have the aristocrat who is another ghost. Uh, he's he's quite well-dressed. Um, he has a beard and a top hat. He leans against the wall with his arms folded and he grins as you mm. pass by him. Mm. Uh, he is known to have a very similar, uh, a very sinister presence as well. Uh, but then we have the cobbler, who is a shorter man, and he is also seen next to the walls. He smiles as well as you pass by, 
but people don't feel threatened by him. So it's kind of like you're walking down the streets, like where all the you know people, people are along. Are, yeah, you're passing in the vaults, kind of like where their shops were. So wow, it's kind of, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's almost like they're just trapped in time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they live there, they work there, they they don't leave, they don't see the sunlight. Oh, <laughs> like, fucking horrible. Then there is the kid. Oh god. So his name Jack the child. That's oh, what they call him. God. Okay. Yep. Who is a young boy, um, around six or seven years old, and he tends to be drawn to women and other kids. He wanders the vaults by himself. And visitors claim to have him tugging on their clothes mm. or trying to hold their hand. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, I found this following experience online um, that I thought I'd share. Uh, it was by Maya Coda was a person who shared this. Um, they were on holidays in Edinburgh. And this is just a little experience I found from them, which I thought was cool. If I remember correctly, the tunnels were mainly used by criminals and it was not the brightest idea for a policeman to go down there because the place was teeming with lawbreakers. It was common for a man to kill someone, hide in the tunnels until he grew his beard, then re-emerge into the city again. However, if you became homeless, you had nowhere else to live but these tunnels. Keep in mind that people were less civilised in the 17th and 18th century Scotland and tax collectors could declare you bankrupt if they wanted to and take your house away. If you piss someone off, they would burn your house down mm. and so on and so forth. Now that meant that if you lost your house for whatever reason, you and your family had to share living space with rapists oh, and murderers. Oh, my God. What a way to live. Yeah. So sensibly, the only room with a door was where the women and children slept. Mm. Soon after I entered that room, I began to feel lightheaded. I felt uncomfortable in the jacket I was wearing, so I took it off and I folded it and I held it in front of me. Eventually, I couldn't even hold it against me because I was starting to burn up. For those of you who are familiar with Edinburgh's climate, there was only one day during that time I visited where the sun was actually shining and it wasn't raining. Not that rain is a bad thing, but I still wore my jacket. In addition to that, I was underground, and if our guide shone her flashlight the right way, I could see my breath. The room must have felt a little clammy to everyone else, but for me, it was sweltering. I could feel my body develop a thin layer of sweat and I wanted nothing more than to go back to the hotel and lay down. I slowly bent over to set my jacket on top of my feet and I would have leaned against the cold rock wall, but something told me not to touch the walls. Hmm. Our tour guide began to speak. It was nighttime. The, the lights were put out. The women and children were sleeping. The door was shut tight. One by one, they started waking up to a heat wave. Mm. The building above them was on fire. And since Edinburgh was built on volcanic rock, the heat seeped through the porous rock and into oh, the room. Oh, fuck. By the time they realised what was happening, it was too late. The heat made the door expand until it was swollen shut. <gasps> and not even stuck in there. Not even the men on the other side could make the door budge. The only thing they could do was evacuate and hope that maybe God would be forgiving. 
When the fire was ex extinguished above ground and the door could finally open, they found the bodies fused together. <gasps> the smell was absolutely horrendous, Ugh. not to mention the sight. Oh my god. Blood of the most of the blood, skin and hair had melted off, but enough remained to see their faces shaped into those of fear and panic. No. Some of the children had slashed throats because the mothers felt it was more humane to slit their own children's throat than rather than let them feel burn. the torture of the burn of course, yeah. um, for the remaining moments of their oh, life. Holy shit. So, and then she says, I was the first one out of that room after hearing that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to stay. I don't want to say that after leaving, I felt immediately better because that would be exaggerating, but I yep. did feel sort of relaxed mm -hmm. soon afterwards, like having a weight lifted off your shoulders. My fever ended up going away and I put my jacket back on, yep. but that memory will always stay of with me. Of course. How haunting. So fucking scary. Hey? What a horrific scene as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's weird. Like I remember when I when I went into the vaults, every every vault does feel very different because they're all right. very different sizes. Okay, and yeah. Literally, every single one has this own um, character. I guess. Yes. So many people have lived in there, lived or worked there. in there, yeah. and been murdered in there, and been sick. And as it's thick, the air is really thick in there. Such a history, it's, especially with it being like a dark history, I guess. It's you know? yeah, it's it's very sad. But mm. I would never. You could not pay me ten million dollars to go in there alone. Um, no fucking way. No, oh, no. Way. My god, I haven't even been there, and like I, I, I would. I'm saying yeah, you'd have to grow with a group of go with a group of twenty. Otherwise, you'd just be the end of it all. But um, yeah, I remember actually looking up in one of the vaults and I was in there and I, I was looking up at the top and something literally dripped down into my fucking eye and oh. I thought I was going to get like the plague. I'm not even oh, kidding. Yeah. And people in there were like, oh, my God, are you okay? And it was like like ghost poo, like sewage, <laughs> like dripping. Like body juices, like leftover like, body no juices, the plague juice. Yeah, it was fucked <laughs> up. It literally dropped my eye. Like I thought it was going to get pink eye of the plague, but it turned out to be okay. But I, that really even like just gross. like getting mold water mold wa in Any your eye anything that's not water should not go in your walking eye it was so gross but i'll definitely be going back to edinburgh like a hundred percent um yeah. and i'll definitely be going back to the vaults as well um the vaults there are so many of them mm. um north of the arch is actually all used for tours and then south is has actually been turned into a venue where they host like private events and dining and so there must be a little bit more i don't know i haven't even like it sounds really cool like yeah. they do like live events and wow. stuff like that so they must have really pimped it out and renovated it in there uh -huh. but they saved like the larger portion for like ghost tours, tours and stuff like that wow, yeah how yeah. interesting so yeah that's the uh, edinburgh vault i would love to go there it sounds like absolutely terrifying uh -huh. even if you don't see something just being yeah. in there having mm -hmm. it be so dark and cold and dank absolutely just, i didn't even see anything and no. i i think about it all the time i bet wow what a most haunted place. went there oh um, really yeah, yeah 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 oh i love that show it mm. almost reminds me but it seems quite different it almost reminds me of like the catacombs yes of what yeah. the catacombs i haven't been there either i haven't been there either but i knew of the catacombs when they 
they were like, we're going under the city. And I was like, oh, my <gasps> God. I know the catacombs. Yeah. This is, like, yeah. pretty much just as good. Oh, it is just as good. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. it's totally different. But, um, yeah, like, just as good. It reminds mm. me of, I'm not sure if you're going to know what I'm talking about, but there's a book by a man named uh, Neil Gaiman. And mm. he wrote a book called Fragile Things. And it's okay. basically just, like, a story about, um like a city of underground like rats oh and it reminds me of this almost. i like that like, i've never heard of yeah, that yeah <laughs> yeah just like and they can like talk and it's like a society oh, of rats it, it kind of reminds me of that just reminds me of like beggars like and thieves yes and homeless people it's and- yeah, you can you can literally picture what it was like in there. Yes, like exactly what it would be like. Yeah, yeah, and like death and disease and it's oh. yeah, yeah, and it's completely dark. Like, what a place! There's no sunlight, like, plants, no, no sunlight, no fresh food, or oh Fucking god, hell. what a piece of horrible. history though as well. Mm-hmm. That's just fantastic. I love mm. history like that. Mm, like me dark too. history and oh well thank you so much oh for that I'm glad one. you liked it yeah my story is very different to yours hell yeah um so yeah as i said we're set in canada mm. and yeah so tonight i'm going to be talking about a really weird mystery that still does remain a mystery to this day hasn't been solved yet mm-hmm. and our timeline it starts in 1930 and we're in a place called Anjakuni Lake which is deep in the Kivalig area of Nunavut Canada okay so Nunavut is the largest and the northmost territory of Canada Mm-hmm. And An- Anjakuni Lake is a very rural and cold place as it occupy- occupies a large portion of the Arctic uh, archipelago. I think that's uh, archipelago. Yeah, I yeah. think that's how you say it. Archipelago. <laughs> I did look up the pronunciation, <laughs> but <laughs> I've, yeah, archipelago. So yeah, it's an area that is perfect for fishing, in particular okay. trout. And so because of this, this area very quickly became Mm. home for an an Indigenous Inuit tribe that would eventually turn into a colony that would be known as the Anjakuni tribe. So even though it was a very harsh area, Mm. it did, it was almost plentiful, you know. Right. So as I said, it's 1930 and it's a very cold November's day and we're about to meet one of our first major characters of this story. His name is Joe LaBelle, and LaBelle was an extremely proficient fur trapper. So he would catch animals for Mm -hmm. furs. He was a Canadian man who spent a lot of time around areas like Nunavut in the harsh conditions and cold weather. So he was very used to this kind of climate. He was a very rugged kind of man. He generally spent a lot of time doing outdoor activities, even aside from making a crust as a fur trapper. Mm -hmm. He was very familiar with the Nunavut area as well as the people from the colony. Mm-hmm. And the people of Nunavut also welcomed people like Joe with open arms and would often offer travellers a place to stay for the night. Oh, nice. So this is what he 
did a few times on and off. He would be passing through, stay with the people, and sometimes he would just camp outside of the colony as well. Nice. So through LaBelle's experience with the Nunavut, he had heard many local tales of forest spirits as well as talk of the area being rife with Wendigos as oh, well. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it is, which is, I feel like it's pretty standard, a pretty standard thing, or I wouldn't even know, but I'm just yeah. guessing like in an area like this, which is kind of quite secluded, um, yes. you have a lot of these kinds of Something stories. quite similar to that, yeah. Yeah. So LaBelle was pretty unaffected by this talk of Wendigos and forest ghosts by the local tribe. Mm-hmm. He was a rough-as-guts fur trapper mm-hmm. and didn't have much time for what he perceived as fairy tales, basically. Although... This all changed for him one night uh, when he was camping on the Anjakuni Lake. Usually while he was camping in this area, he would hear dogs howling from the Anjakuni colony and he would hear and see movement from the people of the village coming in and out of the huts, making okay. food and just generally interacting with each other. Yeah. But this night it was different. Everything was dead silent. No howling, no movement or lights, and the moon seemed to be shining a spooky luminosity over the colony, which looked quite different to usual without the normal lighting he would see coming from the village. The only sounds he could hear was from his own footsteps through the snow as well as his own calls for some kind of greeting or response from the Inuit tribe as he got closer to check out what was happening after his instincts were telling him that something wasn't quite right. Yeah, for sure. Nothing should be that quiet when there's that many people No, exactly. And he was used to the noises that they would make. He was used to the dogs howling. Uh, It was nighttime, like people making food and making fires and all that kind of thing. Holy shit. So when he received no reply to his calls and continued to only hear the reverb of his own voice, he knew that something was going on. As soon as he entered the village, he started investigating. Still, the village just sat in absolute silence and there was no one there to be seen. He couldn't find a single soul there. No noise of laughter or chatting or conversation. Uh, And something else that really struck LaBelle as strange was the complete lack of smoke that would usually be emanating from the chimneys of the abodes. Oh, yeah, yep. So no people, no smoke. Hmm. The place was just completely devoid of life basically the only thing he did find first of all that showed any kind of human activity upon entering Mm. the village was a burning fire so Mm. labelle went to check out the fire and noticed that it seemed like it had been burning for a long time without being tended to but it was still burning yeah so it's kind of like burning out yeah it was like coals you know it wasn't like a fire it was kind of like hot coals still there okay 
He then saw that near the fire there had been the beginnings of what looked like dinner preparations that had just been abandoned halfway through. Hmm. LaBelle slowly made his way deeper into the village as he decided he was going to enter some of the homes of the people to further see if he could find anyone, just Mm -hmm. anyone at all. He entered multiple homes but still didn't find a single person, though he did notice that most of the homes were still well-stocked with food and weapons that had been left behind. Oh, that's weird. Okay. Oh, yes. Very strange. And this was very strange for LaBelle as well, as he Mm -hmm. thought that if the people felt like they were in some kind of danger or at least a threat of some kind of risk, they would have taken their weapons at least. Yeah. Or even some kind of food. I was thinking, yeah. Yeah, so it definitely (laughs) takes away from the idea that, or they weren't feeling threatened because they would... Mm-hmm. have their weapons you know he even found half eaten meals and half cooked mm. food which still looked fresh and not okay. rotten um in some of the homes which definitely gave him the impression that something sudden had happened mm-hmm. labelle said quote i felt immediately something was wrong In view of half-cooked dishes, I knew they had been disturbed during the preparation of dinner. Mm. In every cabin, I found a rifle leaning leaning beside the door and no Eskimo goes anywhere without his rifle. I understood that something terrible had happened. Mm. And I just quickly mentioned that, no, we don't use the word Eskimo anymore. That's not a Mm. good word, but, yeah, this is... Quite a few years ago. This is his words. His words, not mine. (laughs) Yeah. So LaBelle approximated that it was about 30 men, men, women and children that had seemingly disappeared off the face of the earth. Whoa. There were no footprints in or out of the colony. There were no track marks of any kind and absolutely no sign of struggle either. The only tracks were of his own from when he'd been walking around the village. LaBelle continued walking around and trying to find some kind of clue as to what happened. And that was when LaBelle found something absolutely spine-chilling. He found all the dogs of the village, huskies, a large group of them, laying dead on the ground. Oh, very sad. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> and very <laughs> what scary. The fuck? I didn't expect that. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, imagine seeing that. Holy crap. Horrible. Okay. Uh, it looked like they had all starved to death. Oh. Ooh. This again was very strange. As if this group of people were to leave the village on their own accord for some reason, mm-hmm. it would be imperative for them to take their dogs as they're crucial for surviving out in the elements. So huskies were usually used as sled dogs. So to be moving around on foot without the huskies mm. was just not really they're essential. Done. They're absolutely yeah. essential for like north of the globe. You know, in the snow, the ice, like, yeah, they're just very important. Um, Yeah, so to be moving around on foot without the huskies was just not really done, especially if they were 
making a long trip somewhere as well as if they were locating to a different area or something similar especially considering that the fire that was burning it wasn't even fully out yet yet these dogs mm. had starved to death that's a weird thing that yeah that like the fire still going but it would take and a while there still as well yes, which still food as well yeah mm-hmm. that's I have no idea what's going on. This is fucking weird. It's very strange. (laughs) You're probably not going to be satisfied by the end of it because it's just a big fat mystery. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) this discovery of the dead dogs was enough to just totally freak out LaBelle to a point Mm. of just legging it the fuck out of there. Yeah. Absolutely terrified. He traversed in sub-zero temperatures and terrains to the nearest telegraph office to notify authorities of what he had discovered. Mm. By this point, LaBelle had gotten frostbite from his trek to the office because it was so cold, Uh, but he didn't care. He continued to send a desperate message to the Canadian Mounted Police Mm. for help. The Mounties wasted no time heading for the direction of the village. But along the way, they stopped at a local trapper's hut to rest and eat because it was a long trek there. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, this is in the middle of fucking nowhere. nowhere. Exactly, yeah. Like, I mean, even if it wasn't that far away, it would be a hard trek anyway. Yeah, it's cold. It's a cold time in a cold part of the world. Mm. So, yeah, while, while there where they stopped they were talking to the trapper who owned the hut they were at and his Mm -hmm. name was Armand Laurent and his two sons were there as well Mm -hmm. and they were talking about where they were going and the strangest strangeness of what was occurring in the village they asked the trapper and his sons if by any chance they had witnessed anything weird the night of the disappearances or even the days leading up to it. Right, okay. And the family said, actually, yes, they had seen something very strange that made them quite curious and a bit nervous. So a few days before the disappearance was uh, discovered, they spotted strange blue flying lights all through the sky along the ridge of the mountains that surrounded the area as Mm. well as a strange luminous object in the same area what the fuck yep yeah so weird they said that the object slowly changed into a solid object (gasps) and then they witnessed it changing shape before their eyes for fuck's sake all right (laughs) It's a, it's a fucking UFO. Well, like, oh, what? come yeah. on, what yep, yep. going it's a UFO. on? Aliens, of course. So specifically, they said this object was morphing in and out of being a cylindrical shape and then it would change into a bullet shape. And this... I mean, sorry to interrupt no, you, no. but, like, seeing this today, would like, seeing something like that would be insane, but, like, in the 30s, in the thir- exactly. and, like, would be so crazy. This is a trapper and his sons who live in a hut in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah, near the fucking Arctic archipelago That's, or whatever. <laughs> like, probably never seen a car before, no. it, you know, and they're seeing something like that. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. wild. And it just almost is more legit back then because these days it can be like, oh, it was a satellite. 
it was this, yeah. that, it was yep. a plane. But back, you know, in this area in the 1930s, no way. No fucking then they way. knew their skies, they knew their stars. Oh, yeah. You know, they knew it so much so better than well. fucking we do, yeah. like, than the common person. Like, they oh, know the, sure. what they're looking at. And, like, people like this, they're, like, born and bred, grow mm-hmm. up in the same area yep. a lot of the time, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're right, like, so used to and, like, knowledgeable of these areas. So yeah. they knew something weird was happening. Yeah. And so this this object then started to travel towards the direction of the Nunavut village oh, as well. Okay. So eventually the Mounties left the trapper's hut to continue mm-hmm. into the Nunavut village to investigate. They arrived into the colony and first met up with LaBelle. And after talking with him and listening to his recountings of what he found, or rather he didn't find, mm. they started to look around the land and mm-hmm. the huts to find some kind of clue. And then they began making some very strange discoveries of their own. Oh. They found that all the village graves had been opened and completely emptied of bodies. No way. <laughs> yes. Yes, that happened. <laughs> so wow. anywhere in the world, this would be a very chilling and strange discovery but especially for the Inuit people to disturb the grave of loved ones that have passed on is incredibly taboo and unsacred. Mm-hmm. And also it's totally illegal. So There's uh, no reason to do it. Yeah, they don't exhume bodies for any reason. No, like... no. And, like, even though for us, for you and I, like, he mm. in – this our culture of course it's like taboo and unsacred to you just don't do you don't do it but for like the inuit people it's almost like you were um ruining their travels in the afterlife (laughs) yeah you know if that makes sense like it's really fucked up um yeah Yeah. it's illegal so uh, i know that doesn't always yeah they don't have grave robbers back then not in that area not in this area in a colony in an inuit (laughs) colony like no way yeah so the mounties pretty much dismissed this straight away as not being Mm. the work of animals as at that time of year the ground is frozen solid Mm. so this would be almost impossible for an animal to scavenge in this kind of way even for for larger animals yeah. And even for a human, this would be equally as yeah. impossible. If, to dig graves. Yes. That's if they hard. were attempting to dig this grave in these kinds of conditions, like the, the ground is literally frozen fucking solid. That's impossible. Yeah. It, mm. Yeah. It's, if anything, it would take a long fucking time. Mm. And I just don't, yeah. You'd freeze to death before you, you do it. Yeah, your hands would mm. fall off, you know. Yeah. Um, some reports say that, the like, the markers, the headstone markers were neatly stacked in a pile next to the empty plots, mm. but this is debated, so we don't know okay. for sure that, yeah, this, this happened. Yeah. So immediately the Mounties launched a search party right away to look for the missing villages, as well as just any kind of evidence that may give them an idea as to what has happened here. 
But even with a whole search party covering a large area, even beyond the village, Mm. they found nothing. No clues, no evidence, no villages, no bodies, nothing. Wow. Although what they did find was whole stores of trout that looked like they had been virtually untouched. Oh, okay, yeah. Which is reminiscent of the Mm -hmm. food being left to the fire and the half-eaten dinners in the huts and the weapons Mm. being left behind. You know, why, if this group of people were in trouble and needed to leave, would they leave everything behind? Everything, yeah. Help them on their journey. Like weapons, yeah, of course, like take your weapons, but a whole, like whole stores of trout, you know, yeah, just to, left like behind. they would. You'd think that that many people would stay and defend the area at yeah. least. Try before leaving. You would think so. At least, yeah. Like, and but, but even so, they did. There's no footprints. There's no. There was. So and they like, didn't even leave. No, and there's you know yeah. snow and dirt. It's kind of like you would think there would be some kind of sign of something. Mm-hmm. And why would they decide to spend their time? digging up the graves as Mm. opposed to taking food and weapons if they Mm -hmm. needed to rush out of the village. So Mm -hmm. it's just very odd. Yep, yeah. They established from the smouldering fire that was found as well as the half-prepared food that it had only been a matter of hours that they had disappeared before LaBelle decided to investigate the colony. Oh, okay, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And even though LaBelle was camping nearby, he heard nothing. They sounded like a whole village packing up and leaving. Mm-hmm. No disturbances or disruptions, nothing. He heard nothing. And to make this even stranger, when the mounted police were investigating the village, some of the officers witnessed some really strange happenings. They said that they saw blue pulsating lights just above Lake Anjakuni, mm-hmm. and the officers stated that this absolutely was not the northern lights. Yeah. So in this part of the world, it isn't uncommon to witness the northern lights, especially mm. this time of the year. But the mounted police who had spent countless nights out in the dark know what this natural phenomenon yeah, looks like. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been around it their whole lives and these lights that they were witnessing were very different. Like yeah. I've seen the northern lights. It's not pulsating orbs. It's so different to that, you yeah. know. So they describe them as like, yeah, blue pulsating orbs that mm-hmm. seem to hover. So, yeah, same thing. Same thing as what the trapper and his son yeah. saw that night, yeah. And much like the rest of this case, of this case, these lights were never explained. We still don't know what they are. Mm. And something else that befuddled the officers when they were investigating was that all the village kayaks were found still sitting on the shoreline of the Anjakuni Lake water. Right. So the group hadn't left by like via the water either mm-hmm. you know so that if they had that would possibly explain no footprints yeah. but also this time of year the water would be frozen so yes true they wouldn't even be able to be on the water so to this day 
There have been zero answers as to where the Nunavut people went. They were mm. never seen or found again, so we don't know what's happened to them. So mm. what are some of the theories on what happened to the village? Aliens, of course, yeah, is a very big theory from the people who believe in this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Many think that this is one of the biggest mass alien abductions in oh. history. I mean, I've never heard of of something like this before. I no. mean, honestly, that's what I'm I'm going to like. Yeah, abdu- it, well, especially with the lights, the craft. Yeah, I mean, honestly, even if you didn't say the lights, are pro- I, I think that's the only explanation. But then when you say that two groups of people have Saw seen them. the lights, okay, yep. well, yeah, like what else could it be? In a very like, short amount of time. And there's literally like no evidence of anything else. There's no <laughs> There's no other there's signs like of anything people. else. Yeah, just like that. And so with the dogs... So they looked like they were dehydrated, did you say? Or like Starved to death. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, starved to death, yeah. Because I was thinking, like, when you see a lot of, like, you know, animal mutilations and stuff and they're kind of drained of everything, like. yes. I'm thinking maybe it could have been something like that. That's, it could have been that. Like, the thing is. They might have just worded it weird because it's well, such. with the bodies of the dogs, I do mention this in a little bit, but. With the bodies of the dogs, um, they actually found, like, large amounts of food right by the bodies. So wow. that's kind of wow. going okay, yeah. with what you're saying. Like, because I've seen photos of, like, cattle mutilations and all the bodies are just, like, super dehydrated. Like, they yes, look emaciated. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's because they've just been, like, drained of everything, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a really, really good point. Hmm. So, yeah, so uh, biggest theory, uh, many think this is one of the biggest mass alien um, abductions in history, and this is mainly due to the encounters of lights and orbs as well as the strange flying craft that Hmm. was seen by the trapper and his sons and, you know, the light seen by the mounted police. Yeah. Another theory is that they were somehow taken into another dimension mm-hmm. through a portal of some kind or there was some kind of uh, time, uh, there was some type of time slip that occurred. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which, I don't know, I, I mean, there's like it's... so many reports of alien abductions. I feel like this is yeah an alien thing. I don't know if I that mean, sounds I mean, it can wild, all be but... possible, but, yeah, with the whole, yeah, aliens is just... Yeah. The most common thing I've sure. talked about. So one theory that isn't on the fringe uh, was that this was just all made up, just a giant hoax. But there have been books written about this and articles in mm-hmm. old papers that were written at the time about what happened. So I personally feel like the idea of it being a hoax lies in the fact that this is such hmm. a total mystery of what happened to these people that it almost seems impossible that they yeah. could just disappear. In they such... don't even know that it exists. Exactly. Like, it's no, just, it's not real. can't even comprehend that yeah. something like this would happen, so it has to be <laughs> fake. But, no, like, when it happened, there's, there's like, um, you know, there are, are official reports from some of the mounted mm-hmm. police that attended the scene. Okay. Um, and, yeah, there were articles that were written at the time. So mm-hmm. I don't okay. think that's the case. Um, 
so yeah why were the dead bodies dug up as well and why were the dogs dead so yes that is the mystery of Andrew Cooney Lake and it's a that. big fat mystery that is so fucking cool I've I never that heard of that before hit your, like... oh that hits my little funny alien <laughs> yeah, spot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your alien soft spot it tickles me in the right way yeah Johnny, oh, I, always I always yeah. do I always do fucking hell that is crazy yeah yeah the the, the bodies being dug up I, I can't think of any explanation for that because that no, I don't not know. like I'm talking like I'm a fucking expert here, but like well, you know, I've are. never heard of that before. No, it's so bizarre, and just you know, in that set of circumstances as well, mm. like with the ground being frozen, as mm-hmm. well as so much food being left behind. I just don't mm-hmm. know why. If the people did dig somehow dig up the graves, it would have taken them fucking forever. You know, yeah. if they were to move on somewhere else, I could maybe understand that more. But if they were to move on somewhere else, surely they would take their weapons and their dogs and some kind of food, you know. I feel like there was some sort of um, something happened where time stopped for a little bit mm. for him because mm-hmm. for the dogs to be starved... Mm. That is that's time. Like that's a time that cannot just happen in hours. No. The digging of the graves, that yep. is time as oh, well. That's so a time all this... thing as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so unless the dogs were some kind of like mutilation thing that happened, like you mentioned. Yeah, that's that's right. So it's and yeah, I mean I, I definitely think that it is a very large UFO abduction. Yeah. I, it's I a mass like in my process of researching this i did you know after kind of reading articles that mentioned the idea of it being like a mass alien abduction i did see other kind of mm-hmm. points of other possible um mass alien abductions in right. other stories that have happened or events okay. that have happened so there are some theories out there that this has happened uh elsewhere um right okay so it's not the only one but if that's what happened that's fucking sick i know that's that i mean wild hey for them i don't know where they are now they're living up in a spaceship they're probably having a fucking awesome time up there yeah true i mean yeah (laughs) hopefully not being experimented on yeah yeah God. I mean, it was a long time ago now, so who actually knows? Yeah. It's all life. good. They're having a good time. They're but partying. Yeah. Well, that was really interesting. Yes. That was, oh, that was great. Yes. Uh, and another banger of an episode. Another fucking banger. Oh, that Woo! was so good. A mm. whole bit of history and mm. a big mm. what the fuck mystery. And a big what the fuck to end it all off with. History yeah. and a mystery. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, I like that. Oh God. Well, guys, look. Thank you so much for listening to us again. Yeah, thanks um, for listening to our our strange voices. Um, <laughs> leave us a review. Let us know if you like what we do. You know, send us an email mm-hmm. anytime. Yep. Spooky Mountain Podcast at Gmail dot com. Yeah, we love um, being in contact with all of you. Yes. You know, we're on all the socials as well. So follow us on Instagram. We're very active on Instagram. Um, we have a Facebook as well. 
um, and some other things, but to be honest, Instagram. It's most, like, mostly, in, yeah. We did, yeah. we do try to be relevant on TikTok sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we have time and yes, the patience remember. and yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a it's hard a life on TikTok. I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. No, but yeah, I think we're out for this one. That's so, it uh, from us. Yeah, we'll speak to you later. We'll speak to you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> This episode of Spooky Mountain was created and recorded on land of the original custodians, the Gundungurra and Bidigal people. We pay respects to the past, present and emerging mob. My name is Geordie and I'm a proud Glenier woman. Thank you for listening.